Hello? Lights? Anybody? Bueller? Uh, Ed, can I at least have a spotlight? What are you eating, croqueticas up there or something? I'm sure there's people here that are scared of the dark, right? I don't know about you, but, but I'm, still, I'm still scared of the dark. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's all the scary movies I saw when I was growing up or, or the little girl in The Ring, in the movie The Ring, or, or that alien hand that creeps under the door in the movie Signs. I mean, that freaked me out. Um, or maybe it was the Pentecostal church I went to when I was growing up that showed me like all these crazy movies. Um, but, but I'm still afraid of the dark. You, you guys look at me, you're like, Mark, you know, you look like a pretty muscular guy. I can't believe that you're scared of the dark. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes at night, I'll be lying in bed, like, you know, right before I, like, really fall asleep. And out of nowhere, my wife is like, honey, is the door closed? And I'm like, um, I guess. I don't know. And she's like, uh, can you go check, please? I'm like, baby, I think it's closed. No, no, go check. I'll sleep better. I, I'm not going to be able to sleep if, if you're not sure if the door is closed. And I'm like, all right. And, and so what I do is that I run as fast as I can to the front of my house, right? And I, I check the door, and, and guess what? It's closed. And then um, I turn off all the lights, and I run back to my room. Sometimes I trip over my dog Zoe or one of the toys that the boys left lying around. But... Uh, believe it or not, I'm 31 years old and I'm still afraid of the dark. And, and I really, I probably can attribute it to this thing. When I was growing up, about seven or eight years old, at night I always had this like strong urge to use the bathroom, like in the middle of the night. And so I'd wake up and my room was like in the end of the hall, right in the bathroom, it was where? In the end of the hall. So it was like complete opposites of, of each other. And so I'd run to the door and I'd peek out through the door, and I'd look down this really long hall, and I would see like this little person looking back at me. I mean, it creeped me out. The thought of it still brings chills up my spine. I mean, I, I got goosebumps right now just thinking about this little person that would look at me at the end of the hall. And so what I would do at that moment, I would run back into my room, jump under the covers, and start praying the Our Father, Our Father, Lord in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so I'd fall asleep. And then in the morning, I, I'd get up and I'd run to the bathroom. Obviously, I've been holding it all night. I'd run to the bathroom to use the bathroom. And, and then on my way back to my room, I'd notice that what I thought was, the, was this little creepy little man or little demon that was looking back at me was actually my mother's purse hanging on the doorknob of her door. And so it was hanging there. And, and at night, it looked like a creepy little demon looking at me. But all it was was my mom's huge purse. It was an illusion. My eyes were playing tricks on me. Actually, illusions, the dictionary defines an illusion as this. It's in your outline to fill it in. Illusion, false idea or belief. A deceptive idea or impression. And as much as you laughed at me and as funny as it was that I'm scared of the dark, hey, we all have illusions. We've all been walking in our house at night sometimes and felt that somebody was right behind us and it was just our shadow. We've all had these moments in our lives when our mind plays tricks on us. And the question I want to ask you today is, what are the illusions that you're facing? Or better yet, what are the deceptive lies that the devil is throwing at you that are keeping you, that are tricking you? And they're keeping you from reaching uh, that moment of relief. They're keeping you from relieving yourself. Just like me when I was a little kid. I was holding it all night. And sometimes the devil throws things at us 
that keep us away from finding relief and finding rest. See, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, that the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for some victim to devour. And today I want to teach you a question. Actually, this is the best question ever. This question has the power to peel back the layers of deception that are entangling you. I want to teach you a question that will make your blurred vision 2020. I want to teach you a question that has the power to foolproof your life. This question has the power to transform your life. But here's the problem. It's not an easy question to ask. And before I teach you this question, I actually... I want to give you a test. And I just saw some of your faces thinking like, oh, a test. I haven't had school for two days, Mark. Why are you doing this? Others of you, I took midterms a couple weeks ago, and the rest of you are like, Mark, I'm too old to take a test. But, but you're going to like this test. See, and I want you to interact with me. I want you to say yes or no. And so would you like to ask a question that will save you from pain? Would you like to ask a question that will help you have better relationships would you like to ask a question that will help you enjoy life more? Come on. Would you like to ask a question that will give you a better future? Okay. We got, we got a taker here. And how about this? Would you like to ask a question that will point you to a deeper degree of happiness? Are you interested? Of course you are. I mean, who wouldn't want these things? I mean, if you don't want this, you've got to be like the weirdest person on the planet. And I know what some of you are thinking, Mark, uh, we know this question. You know, we're here today. It's 11 o'clock. Service is usually at 10 or 11.30, but we're here and we're early. Mark, we should be shopping, but we're in church. Of course we know. We're the cream of the crop. Of course we know what this question is. It's WWJD. I got a rubber bracelet that says WWJD. I got a bumper sticker on my car that has WWJD. The, the buff guy in the back probably has a tattoo that says WWJD. We know what this question is. What would Jesus do? And you know what? What would Jesus do is a great question, but here's the thing. You can't always answer that. See, would Jesus wear this shirt? I don't know. What would Jesus do? Uh, one question I was asking on Thursday is what would Jesus eat? Okay. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but for the past nine weeks, I haven't eaten any fowl or mammals. You guys are fowl or mammals. What is that? This is a mammal, and this is a fowl, a bird. I haven't eaten any chicken or, or meat for nine weeks, okay? And so, and so on Thanksgiving, I, I get to my mom's house, and, and I want to let you know that my life revolved around my grandmother's Thanksgiving turkey when I was growing up. I mean, it was the best thing that I'd ever eat all year was my grandma's Thanksgiving turkey. And, uh, yeah, got an amen. Yeah, I like that. And, um, and so on Thanksgiving day, I'm thinking, man, I'm going on nine, I'm on a nine week streak. And I, I, I stood there and, and on the, my drive there, I'm thinking, ah, oh, maybe I won't, ah, oh, maybe I will. And then finally I saw the bird and I said, Hey, I've been eating this my whole life. I, I'm going to eat it again. And I, and I ate it. And, and I asked the question, what would Jesus do? And it, it really didn't work because Jesus didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And actually, uh, a turkey is native to North America. So when Jesus was here on earth, he lived in Israel, no turkeys. And so that question doesn't work. Even though it's a, it's a great question, it doesn't always work. However, the question that I'm going to teach you today works for every single circumstance. But I'm not going to tell you just yet. 
I want everybody to close your eyes. And I want you to think about that thing that you regret the most. That decision that turned into a bad habit. That relationship that turned into a nightmare. That late night visit to a website that turned into an addiction. That prank that turned into a night in jail. That moment in your life where you made a decision that maybe ruined your marriage or ruined the relationship that you were in. And this could have happened in a second. Or maybe it was something that had been going on for a long period of time and you thought that you had gotten away with it. Fill me your eyes again. I could stand here for days and, and tell you about times in my life when I have made decisions, when I, when I have done things that I regret, things that I'm embarrassed to share. And here's the thing. We all have regrets. We all have those moments in our life, the I wish I didn't moments, right? Man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have gone here. I wish I wouldn't have gone over there. And I know some of you are probably thinking, man, I thought this was going to be a fun service, Thanksgiving weekend, extra worship. You know, I thought it was going to be a fun service. I thought I was going to get brownie points by coming to church today with my wife. Or I thought for the first time ever I'd ask my family, let's all come to church after Thanksgiving as one big family. And hey, you know what? This is going to be an amazing service. Maybe not the easiest service to listen to, but an amazing service because if we put this principle, the principle that I'm about to share with you, to practice in our life, your life will never, ever be the same. And as you think about those dumb decisions that you've made, those stupid mistakes that you've made, the countless times that you stuck your big foot in your mouth, I'm sure you look back and you ask yourself, how could I have been so stupid? And sometimes it's right before you go to sleep, you're lying in bed, and, and you, that little video is playing, and, and you're thinking, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I go over there? How could I have been so foolish? Let me tell you what the Bible has to say about the fool. It says doing wrong is fun for a fool, while wise conduct is a pleasure to the wise. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. And what I want to do today is I want to paint a picture for you, a picture that is characterized by wisdom. A picture that is so beautiful that you would say, I want my life to be like this. And you know why? Because a foolish life leads to regret. Making foolish decisions lead to regret. And you've had some time now to think about those mistakes that you made, those regrets that you have. And for some of you, man, it's real fresh. It's something that maybe you're involved with right now, something that just happened in your life. And for others of you, like I said earlier, it's stuff that's been going on over and over and over. And you know what? We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we regret. And the problem is that no normal human being plans to mess up their life. No one plans to mess up their life. The problem is that we don't plan not to mess up our life no one plans to mess up our life no one goes into a dating relationship and says hey i'm going to date this guy because i want him to break my heart no one says i'm going to go buy that house that i can't afford because i want to ruin my marriage no one says i'm going to go out and party with my friends because i want to get drunk and get into an accident and kill somebody nobody 
Nobody in their right mind makes decisions that way. But the problem is that we don't protect ourselves from making those foolish decisions. For example, typically when we're faced with an opportunity, an invitation, a circumstance in our life, what we ask is, is there anything wrong with this, right? Is there anything wrong with what I'm about to do? Is there anything wrong with going here? Is there anything wrong with doing that? And then if it's not wrong, then what? It's got to be right, right? That's the way our decision process works. And you know what? Every harmful decision that we've ever made is followed by a series of there's nothing wrong with this decisions. You see, what we're really asking, what we're truly, really asking, if we were to peel back all the deception, all the illusions, if we were to turn on the lights, the real question that we're asking is, how close can I get to sin without actually sinning? How close can I get to the edge of this stage and stand here without falling on my face? How close can I get to breaking my wife's heart without actually breaking it? How close can I get to losing it all, to throwing it all away without actually losing it? And so many people live their lives every single day like that. Man, how close can I, can I get to this? How close can I get to sin without actually sinning? And it breaks my heart. The stories that I hear of people living their life that way. And so some of you are, are, are probably thinking as well now, like, so Mark, if it's not, is it right, then it's wrong, then, then what is it? Maybe it's, is it legal, right? So if, if it's legal, then I can do it. I'm not breaking the law. Or maybe for you, it's, uh, is it in the Bible? Because I'm a real, real religious person, Mark. If it's in the Bible, I'll do it. If it's not in the Bible, I won't do it. No, no that's not the question either. How about will my mom find out? Right, guys? Is my mom going to find out about that? Young, young people in the, in the audience, will my mom find out? Or I know, men know, is my wife going to get mad? That has to be the question. The best question ever. Or this, will my husband find out? Will my husband find out that I just bought a brand new purse? Is he going to notice that I spent $200 on highlights? When I get home, he never notices when I do my hair. Is, is, that, is that the question? Is that the best question ever? No, it's not. The question is this. Get your pens ready. The question, the best question that you could ever ask that works every single time is this. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? The Bible says this in the book of Proverbs 28, 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but he who walks wisely will be delivered. This is ancient wisdom, my friend. This is God screaming at us from the pages of the Bible and saying, don't be a fool. Don't waste your life. Don't do that. That's what this is. This is the Lord saying, let your life be characterized by wisdom. And not by regret. Stop asking, how close can I get to sin without actually sinning? How close can I get to disaster without dying or ruining my life or someone else's life? And start asking, what is the wise thing to do? And so how does that work? Mark, that's a great question, but I don't really understand how it works. And let me explain it to you this way. Can somebody bring the saw, please? No, I'm just kidding. All right. 
explain it to you this way. Um, one second. Fire. A pan on the fire. Some eggs. All right. This is your brain? No, it's not that illustration. See, I'm going to fry an egg for you, and if you grew up in a Cuban household, you'd need uh, two of these, right? And just pour it all in there. But uh, my wife has taught me differently. She gave me one of these, and so um, I think this is how it works, right? Not like this, right? That, that would be bad. So um, I didn't even practice that. I didn't even know it was going to work. I could have uh, exploded up here. And so here's an egg. How do you like your eggs? Sunny side up, over easy. Let's go with scrambled, okay? <laughs> Let's go with scrambled. All right. And, um, all right, I'm almost done. Smells good, huh? Is anybody hungry? <laughs> all right. So eggs are almost done, and now... I'd like the wisest person in here to come up here and put their hand on top. I mean, it's real eggs, as you can see, like, pretty good, a little gooey. Um, but I'd like the wisest person in here right now to walk up here and put their hand on top of this fire for 10 minutes, all right? Just put your hand on top of that fire for 10 minutes. Is anybody going to do that? No. You know why? Because your hand will look like this. That's what happened to me in the last church. I tried this. No, just kidding. If you were to put your hand on top of that fire for 10 minutes, your hand would look like that or worse. And so, in light of what we know to be true, in light of that fire cooking that egg, in light of that fire being hot, in light of the possibility that that fire would have destroyed your hand, what is the wisest thing to do? First fill in, in your outline. In light of my past experiences, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of that which I know to be true, before I make a decision, what is the wisest thing for me to do? In light of what broke my heart last time, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of that business deal that went wrong, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of the fact that last time I drove 20 miles over the speed limit on Miami Lakes Drive and got a big fat ticket, what is the wise thing to do? That was me. It happened once. The Bible says this, Proverbs 13, 16, wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about it. Wise people think before they act. But fools don't and even brag about it. Okay, People are making millions of dollars. Because of people. That are living this verse. I mean YouTube is full of videos. Of guys with broken legs. Or scars. And, and showing videos. Oh this is what happened when I jumped off of that building. And they're like on crutches. Or, or you know what I mean. And they're, they're, their arms and their limbs are broken. And they're like oh how cool. <laughs> you know. And that's the obvious. That's the obvious. Someone jumps off a building, breaks their leg, puts it on YouTube, and laughs about it. And we're looking at this person and thinking, he's an idiot. 
an idiot and look at him laughing, but, but how many times have we done the very same thing? I hear that verse and, and I hear like my mom's voice saying, piensa la cosa. Think about what you're going to do. Think about it. And that's God telling us, hey, be wise. That is the Lord saying, don't be a fool. You've made that mistake before. Last time you went down that road, it happened to you. Last time you went to that nightclub, it happened. Don't do it again. Learn from your past experiences. The second way that we can begin to ask this question is in light of my current circumstances. In light of where I am today. In light of who I am right now. In light of how much money I have in the bank. What is the wise thing for me to do? You see, I, I got this friend that is actually sitting on my green couch this week. And uh, this guy's a professional musician. Um, that means that he gets paid to play an instrument. Okay, that's his job. He's amazing at it. And uh, he was telling me about an opportunity that, opportunity that he had about uh, going on tour with an up-and-coming artist. And um, he, I go, so, so are you going to do it? He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I turned it down. I'm like, really? You turned it down? This is every musician's dream. You walk into any Sam Ash or music store, you see all these wannabe rock stars working in there, right? And you walk up to them and you say, hey, I got an artist who's getting signed. He's going on tour with huge bands. You want to come? I mean, he won't even tell his boss. He'll grab his name tag, throw it on the floor, probably take a few guitars with him out, uh, on the way out and run out of that store and go on tour. Regardless if he's going to eat ramen noodles for the rest of his life, he'll do it. And see, when he told me that, I'm sure, I'm like, what did they say? I'm like, what did they, what did they tell you? I mean, she just looked at me weird. You know, I'm sure his friends, his family probably thinks he's a Jesus freak. But you know what? We've talked about this question, him and I, in depth. And in light of where he is with his walk with Jesus Christ right now, that's not the wisest thing for him to do. See, sometimes for you, you may say, you know, is it, is it okay for me to, like, go to this party with these people? It's, it's fine. Is it in the Bible? No, you can go. But in light of your current circumstance, what is the wise thing for you to do? I get text messages regularly from people that come to this church. You're probably here in the audience today, right? I get text messages, hey, Mark, is this in the Bible? And I'm like, uh, no, not in the Bible. And sometimes I just say no, or sometimes God's silent, or be careful. But then after I, I reply, I'm thinking, like, are they going to go off and just do that now? I mean, are they going to go and, and, and commit this big mistake, or are they going to go and sin now because it's not written word per word in the Bible? I actually had a man come up to me and say, hey, Mark, is it a sin for me to have lunch with a woman that's not my wife every day? And I said, uh, I, I just heard all the women sit up straight, like in their chair right now. Um, is it a sin? And I said, no, it's not a sin, but it is the stupidest, stupidest, stupidest decision that you could ever make. If you're asking why, it's because you're married. It is very unwise in light of your current circumstance, in light of the fact that you have a wife, for you to go and have lunch with a woman that is not your wife, especially every single 
day. In light of your current circumstances, not a good decision. Single people, sex, it's a great thing. It was designed by God. And if it's done in the right way, not only does it bring pleasure, but it glorifies God. It worships God. However, outside of marriage, in light of your current circumstances, not the wisest thing for you to do. Driving, not a sin. If you're 14 years old, not the wisest thing to do. If you're drunk, not the wisest thing to do. If you're legally blind, not the wisest thing to do. You see how this question works? All right? Buying a car, not a sin. It's not even in the Bible. Car is not mentioned once in the Bible. Okay? Buying a car, not a sin. However, in light of your current circumstances, probably not the wisest thing to do. In light of the fact that they're laying people off at your job, probably not the wisest thing to do. In light of the fact that it's like, Almost what you're paying in your mortgage, not the wisest thing to do. Out of the fact, maybe some of you don't even have a job. Buying a new car, not the wisest thing for you to do. But here's a problem. Proverbs 12:15 says this. Fools won't listen to what anyone has to say because they already know everything. Parents, teenagers, you have teenagers, you're probably thinking like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I try to tell them something, but they know everything. They're 13 years old, 16 years old, and they know everything. And yet, I see parents like elbowing their kids right now. But hey, here's God, your father, talking to you parents, adults, and saying, I gave you my word. Pastor Bob and this church has been talking about vintage wisdom for over a month. And yet you're still making the same foolish decisions. With zero progress. The scriptures are screaming out at us this morning. And they're saying, stop believing the illusions, the deceptive lies that the enemy is throwing at you. Don't be a fool and begin to ask this, the question, what is the wise thing to do in light of my past experiences? In light of that which I know to be true, ask what is the wise thing to do in light of my current circumstance, in light of where I stand today. Is this the wisest thing for me to do? Maybe five years from now, very wise. Right now, not wise. And for the third thing, I'm going to ask a dear friend of mine, Jack Black, to tell you what the third one is. The third question, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? In light of where I want to be one day, in light of the type of car that I want to drive, in light of the type of house that I want to have, in light of the type of vacations I want to take, in light of the type of Christmas I want to enjoy with my family. Okay, because Christmas shopping starts and Christmas planning starts on December 26th. Not on December 23rd. And we're like, all right, MasterCard, Visa, 
come to the rescue. All right? What is the wise thing for me to do in light of my future hopes and dreams? Young people, in light of the job you want to have one day, in light of the type of woman that you want to marry, in light of the type of man that you want to marry, what is the wise thing for you to do? I talk to so many young people all of the time, and they know exactly who they want to marry. They know where they want to live. They know the type of lifestyle that they want to have. And yet I ask them, what are you doing to get there? What are you doing for this type of woman to fall in love with you? What are you doing? What type of decisions are you making so that this man would want to approach you and talk to you? You know one of the number one things that made me fall in love with my wife was one day I got to church late. And I looked into church and I saw her worshiping God. And I'm like, I'm going to marry her. I must have been, I was a punk. I was probably like 12 years old. And I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this woman because of the way I saw her worshiping God. And so what I had to do to win her, we didn't start dating to many years after that, was to dedicate my life to God so that I could be a man worthy of that prize. What is the wise thing for you to do today in light of your future hopes and dreams? One of my favorite shows, old show, I guess now, to, in this uh, fast generation, was Punked. All right, I loved watching that show and just seeing people get punked. I mean, all these tough guys, get Eminem, and all, I mean, 50 Cent, and all these people getting punked. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And you know what? A lot of us, we're living that show. We're living that show. And that show was canceled. And we're still living an episode of Punked every single day. And my challenge for you is to cancel that show. It's to stop being a fool. Stop living a foolish life. Stop it. Live a life that is characterized by wisdom. You know why? Because wisdom is God's way of protecting your future hopes and dreams. I'm so passionate about this because every single counseling session that I've ever had, every single phone call that I've ever had, most hospital visits that I have made are consequences of foolish decisions. Are consequences of people that think that they could do whatever they want, defy gravity, defy the, the speed of light. I mean, just make dumb decisions and that, you know, maybe for him that's bad, but for me it's not bad. Maybe, maybe she can't do that, but, but I'm strong. I'm, I'm strong, man. A fool thinks that they know everything. But wisdom is God's way of protecting your future. See, it's not a book of rules. This is like God's way of protecting you, of saving you. The wise look ahead to see what is coming, but fools deceive themselves. Wise people think about the future, but a fool, a fool deceives himself and doesn't, and doesn't plan. See, we got to stop living in the twilight zone. we got to stop living lives and being blinded by the illusions, the attacks of the devil. And we need to realize what the Bible says in Ephesians 5, 15. It says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. We're living in messed up times. This was written thousands of years ago. However, right now, things 
are messed up. People getting shot for, for a gold chain. People dying all around the world. Wars going on. Economic crisis. Not just in America. I mean, if it's bad here and like people went like crazy to do Black Friday shopping and people are still going out to eat and watching movies and look as awesome as you guys look this morning with the clothes that you have on. If things are bad here in America, imagine how it is in the world. Okay? We're, the days that we're living are evil. They're messed up. And God is saying, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of this opportunity that you have right now. This unique opportunity that you have. Thanksgiving just passed a couple days ago. That means 2010 is like knocking at our door. How about if today we decide to ask the question, what is the wise thing for me to do in light of my future hopes and dreams? And every single person in this room were to take out their connection card and just pull it out. And say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make 10 specific goals. I'm going to make a commitment for 2010 to have 10 specific goals in my life. I hear so many people saying, man, this year just flew by. Another year and nothing's changed. Many times things get worse. But how about if today we said, you know what, it's the end of that. It's a crossroads today. And I'm going to decide to write down 10 goals for 2010. Super simple. And if you were to check that off on your connection card, this week Pastor Bob and I are going to put together some resources. We're going to email them to you. We're going to have them for you so that you can have an amazing year. And you can begin to put this message into practice in your life by saying, I'm going to make wise decisions in light of my future hopes and dreams. Guys, imagine if your life would be characterized by wisdom in such a way That the people that you know would begin to follow Jesus, not because of something that you told them, not because of a t-shirt that you're wearing or a bumper sticker or a gospel track that you left on their door, but that people would actually begin to follow Jesus because of the choices that you're making, because of the blessing of God in your life, because of the way that you act, that people would just begin to follow Christ. And you didn't have to like, oh, you know, I went to this seminar and I I studied this evangelism, blah, blah, blah. And I I led him to Christ after three hours. Or that your neighbors and your friends and your family would begin to follow Christ because your life is characterized by wisdom. That people would do whatever they could to have a life that was a resemblance of the life that you lived. That you would get to work and that someone would say, hey, you know what? I went to Walmart this weekend, and I bought a Bible. Because every single day at 12 o'clock, when all of us go out and, you know, have a drink or go party or or try to hook up with someone else's wife, you're reading your Bible. And you've never tried to shove it down my throat. You never, you know, showed me like a nifty gospel t-shirt or played some Christian music. But I just saw you reading your Bible. I saw you being a good employee. I saw you making wise choices. And the only thing that I could figure out is that, you know what, this guy reads his Bible every day, so I want to start doing that. Imagine if people will begin to follow Christ because of who we are. Something amazing that Paul said. Paul said, imitate me like I imitate Christ. And I remember growing up and being a zealous reader of the Bible thinking, man, that's kind of conceited of Paul. Who is he to think to tell people to imitate him? And then now that I'm older, I realize that for some people, the only Jesus that they ever knew 
or thought or concept of Jesus was Paul. Where the letters that they were reading, where the stories that they were hearing, or maybe a time they heard him preach. See, the only Jesus that a lot of people are ever going to see is you, is your family, is your finances, is the blessing of God upon your life, is the peace that you have that surpasses understanding when the world is falling apart and you have peace. The way that you love your children, the way that you love your husband, the way that you honor your wives, that is Jesus Christ to so many people. And that you would be able, think about that, ask yourself, can I, can I tell someone, imitate me? Can I tell someone, make the decisions that I make? You know what, you don't understand the Bible, you don't understand what the wise thing to do, but just look at me. And whatever I do, you do it. Are we living our lives that way? This Thanksgiving, were we more worried about the turkey or about the fact that we have to go and spend thousands of dollars on a bunch of people we don't really like? Or were we really sitting around the table and just thanking God? God, thank you. Thank you that there are children that are dying because, because they don't have clean water to drink. Thank you, God, because my family's here. Thank you, God, because you saved me. Maybe you had Thanksgiving all by yourself, but Jesus was there with you. Thank you, God, for Jesus. See, imagine if right now, and what I'd like to do, I'd like to ask the band to come up. What we're going to do right now is that we're going to make a commitment with God. And we're going to worship God, and we're going to tell God, with everything that I am, I'm going to worship you. With every decision that I make, I'm going to worship you. Every opportunity that I get, I am going to worship you, and I am going to live a life that is characterized by wisdom. This is not going to be another Sunday. This is not going to be another three points that I wrote down on a piece of beige paper that ends up under the seat of my car. When I clean the car, I just tell the guy, no, just throw it away. I'm going to live my life by this basic principle of asking, what is the wise thing for me to do in light of my past experiences? In light of that which I know to be true, in light of the fact that if I touch the fire, I'm going to get burned. In light of my current circumstances, in light of who I am right now in this very moment, my financial situation, my marital status, the authority that I have, what is the wisest thing for me to do? In light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of what and who I want to be, in light of the legacy that I want to leave behind, in light of what I want people to remember me by. Think about that. When you cease to exist, the world will, be, will still turn. And will your family say, oh, yeah, man, he drove me nuts? Or will they say, man, I wish I could imitate him. I wish I could be half the woman that she is. I wish I could be half the man that he is. Or are we going to just say good riddance? I mean, we're making those decisions right now. We're thinking, man, when I get older, when I get closer to that, when I find out I have a terminal illness, I'll worry about my legacy. No, the decisions that you're making right now, the friendships that you have right now, the business transactions that you're making right now, the family decisions that you're making right now are characterizing you. That is your story. That is your legacy. So they're going to turn off the lights. And, and I want to invite you to just stand up. 
and close your eyes and, and worship God with everything that you got and say, God, with everything, I'm going to shine for your glory. With every decision that I make, I'm going to give you glory. With every conversation that I have, I'm going to give you glory. Every thought that enters my mind is going to bring you glory. That, that is my story. That, that is what I want my life to be characterized by. And in this spirit of thanksgiving and this holiday season that we would say, this is not just another holiday season, but this is the moment in my life when I decided to stop being a fool. To stop being an idiot. This is the moment when I decided to stop asking how close can I get to disaster without ruining my life. How close can I get to sin without sinning? But the moment that I decided to begin to ask what is the wise thing for me to do. Let's worship God.